Kings fans, are you ready to see that Stanley Cup banner raised again? You are now listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast. So it's March, the end of March, getting to the end of March. And usually this is an exciting time to be a fan of hockey because the playoffs are around the corner. But of course, for us, the playoffs are not around the corner. And just honestly, I just want it to be over. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we're here. So how are you tonight, Vardy? Um, I've I've gone through all the stages of grief at this point. Maybe I've been through it for a while and I just didn't realize it, but I am deep, deep in the heart of acceptance and uh, just ready to move on, kind of like you, man. I'm sorry that you're just now accepting this. You know, I think it's, I don't even think it's that. I think I'm just, it's finally just coming to light because I haven't really truly been able to watch too many games the last couple weeks. And typically speaking, like if the team's doing really well, if the Kings are doing well, I'm, I'm amped, I'm excited to watch every game. And especially maybe since like the last podcast I've, I've been busy, but at the same time, the Kings have just been doing so, so badly that I don't even feel like guilty for missing games in any way, if that makes sense. I just kind of am like, yeah, that's 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 about what I expected. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I can confirm that you're missing nothing um, mm. other other than that's I reassuring. Mean, if there's one thing that happened over the last 10, ten games, which it's been 10 games since episodes, guys. It's been three weeks. Yes, uh, we know. It's a long My fault. It's My not even bad. that. It, it, it's not even that. I just don't know what we would talk about. We mm-hmm. have, you know, we're starting to, it's all starting to be very redundant at this point, very mm-hmm. repetitive. We just want it to be over. I'm ready for this to be over. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to watch any more games. Like Carl Grundstrom is the only positive thing that's happened in the last 10 games. That's it. Like he had, a, he had a great game against Anaheim. Um, he's been just, a spark plug, I guess. It's so hard for me to even see, to even use those hockey cliches with this team because just nothing fits with anything I'm saying. But he's been a good player. Um, he looks like he might be a, a building block moving forward, so to speak. I tweeted this out that I think he could be kind of a piece to the new culture puzzle of the LA Kings. They are trying to figure out who they are, their new identity. Um, and I think he's the type of player that could help set the identity. Although, when I say that, I also realize that his identity as a player is very much the identity the Kings had <laughs> when things went to shit <laughs> the last few seasons. I'm aware of that, right? It's like heavy, grinded out, you know, balls to the wall, all going to the dirty areas, coach kind of thing but but hopefully he's a complimentary piece to something Mm -hmm. bigger and not the guy like you know people always say kyle clifford was the culture changer for the kings and set the culture for that team i kind of don't want grunstrom to be that I, i want him to be just a piece of the puzzle the perfect fit what you need and i really think he can be that player just a really heart and soul type of guy and he has and he has some skill too which kyle Mm -hmm. clifford does not with all due Mm -hmm. respect uh to the colonel there yeah i think uh a few people brought this up that you know there's there's some shades of uh of dustin brown to maybe grunstrom's game um 
situation obviously very very different but that's that's high praise in my book i mean like and brown arguably despite the fact that like he was a very very key important contributor to the to the first cup win um and suddenly is become an untradeable asset to the team after several seasons of being you know, an untradeable, <laughs> being, an, being a different type of untradeable asset to the team. Yes, very, very true. Um, I think that's ultimately Brown is like your ideal type of complimentary player, right? Like he's a good culture guy, good, uh, hardworking player who's going to contribute 50, 60 points, something like that. But like he's he's not what you would call a cornerstone kind of player. He's just kind of established himself as a very important player. But I think if, you know, everyone's always said that like Kopitar, Dowdy, those guys are and quick for, you know, most of the last six to eight years, those guys have been your cornerstone guys. And then the Williamses of the world have kind of come and gone. Carter was very important, obviously, before he, before his performance fell off the, you know, before his performance fell off a giant cliff this year. So I think, I think if Grundstrom ends up being that kind of like 50 point heart and soul, a little bit of skill, a little bit of grind kind of guy, that's a, I'm okay with that. That's a, that's a nice little pickup there. Yeah. I look, he's, if he could be a second line player, yes. I think the Kings are in good shape yes. because his quote unquote ceiling was to be a middle nine kind of a forward between your second and third lines. If mm-hmm. he can if he can solidify himself as a top six forward, I right. think you're in good shape, man. That's a yeah. win. More more two than three. Yes, exactly. That that I think you look at it and you're like, okay, that was a necessary trade. Is a you know, it gave us the return we wanted and you're good enough with that trade. So you still have a first round pick you're gonna right. turn into something. And this, so, this is saying nothing about, you know, Sean Dersey and the Exactly. And, exactly. Right. Uh, so there's still you know things to be seen there but just a good player a good player a guy you yeah. want on your team i mean simple yep. as that he reminds me of like you said brown he i think he reminds me of a little bit of wayne simmons without maybe mm-hmm. the eagerness to punch you in the mouth <laughs> that wayne has always had but their and games, god bless him for it yeah their games very much i think i see that i see that with them so so good good for yeah. the kings to have a player like that he's only 21 you know, it's still a lot of room to grow. He's six feet, 200 pounds. He probably has room to grow physically as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll still kind of find his body and, and mature into it. So it's looking good for the Kings, looking good for Carl Grundstrom. I'm already excited about next season, got to be honest. I know it's not going to be good. <laughs> I know it's not going to be a good season. Nope. Uh, it's going to be. It's kinda, going to be a bad season. Just like this one. Yep. Uh, perhaps worse. And it was funny. I was thinking the other day how when we first started this podcast, you and I truly lamented the 16-17 Los Angeles Kings. This, my friend, is, <laughs> is something else. The Kings were in the race to like March. Yeah. Or at, at least by the deadline because they went out and they got Ben Bishop. They mm-hmm. went out and they got Jerome Ginla. Who, by the way, Ben Bishop, BT Dubs, is like a legitimate Vesna candidate now. He's had a good season. He had a really good run. He just blows my mind. He's he's injured now, Man. actually. But I know. But like up until this point, like if you looked at his number, I was just I happened to be browsing. Like I just kind of 
just to kind of get a sense of like what the awards and the end of season kind of coming up like who's yeah he had three straight three straight shutouts right there was a stretch there where he put up three straight shutouts and then he allowed a goal and got injured Mm -hmm. on his fourth game i'm not sure but it's pretty impressive little run i mean dallas look that team doesn't allow much they don't score much their scores are like 3-1 they win 3-1 2-1 those are the types Mm -hmm. of games they win uh, but he's a type of goalie, man. If you eliminate high da- danger chances on him, he's going to stop him just mm-hmm. by virtue of his size more than anything. So, but yeah, go on. No, it was just 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 curious little observations, you know, because obviously the Kings haven't given us much to observe. I've been trying to do a little more digging how the rest of the league is looking, and it was like just kind of looking at all the categories. To me, it seemed like the three goaltenders that were standing out all around that could reasonably be considered Vesna candidates were uh, Vasilevsky, who obviously won last year and, and certainly is very deserving. But then Marc-Andre Fleury is having a fantastic season yeah. for Vegas. And Ben Bishop was having a fantastic season for Dallas. And so just it struck me as a little interesting and odd. I don't think anyone would have pegged Bishop and Fleury to be having the types of seasons that they're having. Yeah, uh, how's Freddie Anderson doing? He was doing overall pretty well. I mean, he certainly got the wins and stuff. But he in was terms injured of people, too. Yeah, but if you look at the numbers, I was just you know because I, I tend to t- t- try to look at like the top tens in each in the, each of the major categories, right? Like so, goals again, save percentage, wins, and you're always going to find someone who's got a save percentage of like point nine eight right, and four right. wins that's or how, something I mean, silly like that that's how voters look at it too anyway so <laughs> right and even and even the dude from uh st louis uh uh bennington yes like, he was on a nasty run exactly and he's played enough to i think to be considered but i think when you look at the the whole of a season it's going to be difficult for a guy like that to to win over flurry and and vasilevsky you know what i mean yeah yeah i do Interesting. Already talking about awards. You know where we are, guys, when we're already discussing I'm these things. Straight checked out for the offseason. <laughs> so ready for this. Okay. Okay. Although there is there is one important date still remaining. And that is oh, April 9th. That's buddy, that is not just an important date. That is the date. Okay. That is the Stanley Cup finals for us, man. Uh, I think I tweeted out, grab your rally towels because here we go. And obviously, Vardy's referring to the draft lottery. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the board. Ottawa, (laughs) 31st. Ottawa slash Colorado. Ottawa, yeah. Ottawa, Ottawa. Might as well call him Colorado. Uh, Ottawa. 31st, 56 (laughs) points. Uh, Vancouver beat him today. I was kind of hoping... I know. They pull that one out. Uh, Los Angeles, 58. Detroit, 62. So Detroit's pulling away mm-hmm. from the pack. <laughs> uh, I can't even get through that sentence. LA, uh, worst goal differential in the NHL. By nine. Are, are we the worst? I'm sorry, by three, yes. We're minus 60. Anaheim is minus 57. Mm. But the interesting thing is, if you look at how many goals they've allowed... They're like middle of the pack in the NHL if you sort it based on that number. The Kings are? Yeah, total. Oh, yes, it's, yes. It's yes. just the fact that they score like next to nothing. They're the second worst team, I think, between them and Anaheim in terms of goals scored. That's that's really our problem. Yeah, actually, there's 10 teams 
that have allowed more goals yep. than the LA Kings. Yep. You didn't think it was possible, did you? That's pretty impressive, man. Yeah. In fact, Ottawa has allowed 33 more goals than the Kings. Yep. However, so just goes, just they, goes to show you. However, they have scored uh, 43 more. Mm-hmm. So if you're wondering where the problems are, and as and as you know, lackluster as the defense maybe has been sometimes this year, numbers don't lie, man. Offense that is that is what this team is lacking, and that is what the team will likely be targeting in the draft. Yeah, I mean, just like the last decade or so. <laughs> anyway, so yes, Colorado slash Ottawa still in the lead. If you <laughs> flip the, flip the standings, lead backwards. <laughs> again look quotation mark lead this is it doesn't you know we've discussed this you guys already know the lottery format there's no guarantee either way Mm -hmm. um but interestingly enough a few of the draft rankings vardy now have jack hughes at number two that's just that's that's clickbait and you fell for it well i don't know uh capo caco uh, who was riding the number two spot for a while on Fuelis. Now he's creeping up to number one. I don't know a lot about him, but as you know, Vardy, as the draft nears, I will dive into these prospects as I always mm-hmm. do. But slowly, it seems like there might the tide might be turning. But I'm with you. I think draft day, whoever walks up there is going to say Jack Hughes and walk away. That, mm-hmm. I'm still there. But the I guess the point is that this player, Capo Caco, is good enough Mm-hmm. To at least challenge Jack Hughes, that means the number two overall pick, whoever has it, might ha- get a hell of a consolation prize. The Kings are now. If you could hit on two, that just makes it all the much better. I mean, you could right. hit on you could hit on more. Obviously, you could hit on number three, four, five. But and and let's not forget that they also have a a later first round pick as well. So yes, via you Toronto, know, there's right. So there's there's potential there for other things um, coming their way as well. Right. Yeah. So that's that. You want to go over these games, or do you want to just kind? Of, I mean, look, I mean, guys. Here's the deal: ten games. The Kings won two of them. Okay. Yep. That's. <laughs> there isn't much Yay. else to say. They played well against I Chicago. Guess, I guess that's that's worth saying. Like, I don't know if I've. I don't know. You'd almost think they're doing it on purpose, but a lot of these games, even though they've lost, they've been in them. You know what I mean? Like that Florida game, they they made it exciting. They kind of lost in the last 10 minutes or so. Right, right. Um, there's a lot of games that they've been losing by one goal, and you almost think it's like – like if someone told me they're doing that on purpose, they know exactly what, what they're doing, I'd be like, yeah, I see it. Masterful performance, but – it's it's just like that, I think. Like where they're keeping yeah. it entertaining, they're keeping it close, but just can't seem to get across the finish line. But then like, there's then they have these games like the St. Louis game or the Carolina right. game where we were live recording. We like right. we didn't get to it's just they're playing better in general. Right. But I think it's just like they understand like we just aren't good enough as hard as we try. Yeah. We just aren't good enough right now, yeah. or whether it's mentally, whether it's just straight up talent, maybe both. Uh, in some cases, they just—I think the team understands. The team's ready to go. We're ready to go. Right. The fans are ready to go. So that's pretty much and it, it. And and that's hard. It's hard to play a game like that 
And it's hard to want to stay in a game like that if you're not already winning, if you're already kind of one foot out the door, you know? Exactly. I agree with you. It's they're, – they're human beings. Put, a, put yourself in a position okay. where there is no chance. There's no chance of you right. to play past April whatever. Um, and you know damn well that your team is essentially doing a quick rebuild on the fly, whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it, a retool. Right. You You're know looking up and down that bench. A lot of those guys are not going to be there. Exactly. You might not be there yourself. <laughs> so it's it's a weird kind of awful time. It happens yeah. in sports. It's going to happen to the Kings again down down the road. Hopefully not for a long time, but it's a cycle. It's going to happen. So. That's mm-hmm. where the Kings are at. I made a funny observation, though. I, I was laughing at this, um, and I have to look back and, and really pay attention. Maybe maybe they've been doing this more than I realized. But did you know that in the Florida game, the Kings played uh, – let me see here. One, two, three, four, five, six. They played seven defensemen <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> they, play, they gave Curtis McDermott three minutes and 43 seconds of ice time. Yeah, I mean – it's not unheard of. It just, it, but it was just silly to me. Like you brought him out there for three minutes and forty three seconds, right. and he got well, five. He had more penalty minutes than actual minutes. Like some old time hockey there. Yeah, it's an interesting choice. It's a choice. What do you it's buy? a choice by our coach there. He's made some interesting choices overall. Mind uh, you, Kopitar still twenty four minutes. Of course. Look, man, <laughs> you can't. I, I think it's very clear now to everyone that. Um, coach and GM are probably not on the same page. I think no. we can all – I'm going to give Rob Blake credit, at least some credit, and say he is probably thinking like, all right, this guy is going to try to win games. I get it. He can't go out there and tell him to lose. But mm-hmm. I think I think I would like to see Blake maybe say, hey, man, um, maybe play these young guys a little bit because Matt Luff, I, I know he's been up and down. His last game for the Kings was March 7th. But he hasn't cracked ten but minutes. But that's what I'm saying. That's 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 the part that bothers me. He'd rather play seven defensemen to give Curtis McDermott four minutes of ice time and five minutes of penalty time than he would to bring in a guy like Luff and give him any ice time whatsoever. Granted, all the ice time Luff's been ever getting has been eight minutes at most. His last thirteen games mm-hmm. or twelve games, he's cracked the ten minute mark twice. That's all I'm saying. It's just it's just another cherry on top of the frustration Sunday that we've just been gobbling down this entire season. Yeah. How amazing is it that Austin Wagner has 10 goals? It's great. It, it, he should have In more. In spite of the coach. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He should have more. That's crazy. He's We're, a- we have a single 20-goal scorer. I think we tweeted this out. We have a single 20-goal scorer on the team so far. Dustin Brown's got – 19. Uh, 19 and he's got 10 games to get the 20th one kopitar is our only 20 goal scorer and actually I, interestingly enough brown has played significantly much less, less yeah. than kopitar right yeah right so you could very reasonably make the argument that the uh the king's mvp of this season could very well be dustin brown i mean even watching the games right it's yeah. not he's just doing what he does, mm-hmm. what he's mm-hmm. been doing. Nothing out of the ordinary. Um, I would say nothing more, nothing less. You know, mm-hmm. that's what he did last year. Same kind of deal. Um, Tyler Toffoli still just 
man. It's not happening. Like, he's he's had stretches where he's played well. Like, you're, you see him, he's creating. It's just not happening for him. Jeff Carter has been, I think... Ghost Town. Probably the most disappointing player. Even Adrian Kempe's, like, somewhat come on as of right. late. But, right, between him, Toffoli, and Grunster making a little unit there. Sure, they look pretty good. Ayafalo's been doing fine. Mm-hmm. But it's just no one's really... I don't know. No one's really giving you anything special, I would say. Yeah. On a daily, nightly basis. Yeah. Drew Doughty doesn't look like... They're just not engaged. He doesn't I look think engaged. That's what, yeah, that's what right. it comes down to. He, right. And even then, he still looks more engaged than the other ones. I mean, well, Drew Doughty not engaged is, you know, 50% exactly. of the league engaged. So, right. um, But it's it's just... It's sad to see... And uh, we've been fortunate enough, I guess, for for the last few years to not be so completely and utterly out of it that you can even tell it doesn't matter to the players. You have a lame duck coach. Uh, It's a – yeah. Yep. Anyway, he's going to be gone. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. God. If he's not, I am. Uh, yeah, that's right. Gauntlet thrown down. <laughs> like so it. here, why don't, why don't we cheer things up a little bit? This is episode thirty-seven, everyone. Mm. There are. This is a hard me, one. This is a tough one. I, I do not make it easy on you, my friend. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There oh are twelve God. players. You right? Right? For such a random number. There are 12 players who have ever worn the number 37 for the Los Angeles Kings. I'm not going to get anything close to 12. I'll be proud if I get three, <laughs> something like All that. Right. Okay. Those are, you know, 250s uh, Hall of Fame numbers for baseball players. Let's do it. All right, man. Let's- I just want to start off, obviously, with the most obvious answer, Big Bob Kadelski. I mean, How that's can a I layup. Forget? That is a layup. The longest reigning 37 in the LA Kings history and the first 37 in LA Kings history. A little bit. How about that? Right. Wow. And that that took a while then because 1989. Wow. 1989 and 1993. Bob Kadelski was the first 37. Yeah. So had we we started this podcast when we were 10 years old, you'd only have to guess that name. You'd be fine. (laughs) Right. Um, The other guy I remember. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think this was, I'm pretty sure, is Dennis Grebishkov. Indeed it is. There you go. I remember in, Remember, he was going to be the next. In fact, you know, I'm going to give it to you. This was going to be the Dennis Grebishkov <laughs> episode. Oh, good pull by me. Good pull by you, my <laughs> well friend. Well done. Well done, my friend. Do you friend. remember he was supposed to be like the oh next great Kings oh defenseman? Oh, my God. He was supposed to be it. Like the next Vizhnovsky? Mm. Except like, and then bigger. it turned out Vishnovsky was the Vishnovsky. Yeah, and then we had to. Yeah, <laughs> oddly then, enough, traded them both to Edmonton. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay, so that literally those are the only two skaters I can think of. Okay. The, the other two I could think of, I think, are gonna be goalies. I think Zadkov for thirty-seven. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yes. Okay, that's one. And the other guy, I mentioned him. I'm going to mention him now because I mentioned him last episode. I thought mm-hmm. he was number 36, but mm-hmm. I, I think he was 37. It is J.S. Alban. Indeed. There it is. Well done. I can, well done, I can do no more. <laughs> That's four. <laughs> do not ask more of me. 
I, I don't want to, you might have an aneurysm. Just take your time. You, you strained no, hard enough. All right. So we'll, we'll go in a little chronological order here. Uh, Dan Curry, who I'm not at all familiar with. Dan Curry. Yes. Could have been any, you could have said Jim could Bob. Could have okay. been anyone. <laughs> uh, Patrice Tardif. Oh my God. That's Patrice right. Tardif, ladies and gentlemen, for you, all of you unaware, he was a part of the horrible return for Wayne Gretzky in 1996. Good Lord. Okay. Carry on. Uh, Paul DiPietro in 1997. Wow. We had him, huh? I, he played for Montreal in 93 in the final against the Kings. So he was on that championship, uh, Montreal team. They probably got him for the, uh, locker room presence in the championship experience, which worked out tremendously. I mean, 97, you guys remember how far we went in the playoffs that year. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> carry on Vardy uh Jason Podolon in 2000 Jason Podolan uh-huh, I think that's um, how it's pronounced I remember oh, the name I couldn't I, tell you what he looks man, like man that's this, the many rotating cast of characters in the early 2000 Kings yeah yeah the ones who were going to be next now here's one here's one that I'm 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 ashamed of both of us for not remembering I think uh I think our buddy Big Art is somewhere pissed at us Oh, really? Kip Brennan. Kip Brennan. I remember Kip Brennan. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically a slab of concrete on skates. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like he was zero talent. None. Uh, fists of fire. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he could pound somebody's ass. But that's about, I mean, that's my only memory of Kip Brennan is that he could beat the shit out of you anytime you wanted. <laughs> That's all Kip <clears throat> Brennan wants you to remember about him. Oh, good. I'm actually, can I pull up his career numbers just for sure? Fun? Please do. Why all not? Right, here we what go. What the hell else do we got going on? Kip Brennan's NHL totals 61 games played, one goal, one assist, two big points, 222 penalty minutes. That's pretty good. He played for the Ducks as well, 12 games mm-hmm. with Anaheim, but. Mm-hmm. A bulk of his NHL career was spent with Los Angeles. That's right. Between oh, man. 2002 and 2004, actually. Okay. So I, I I would not have remembered his number. Yeah. So that's that. Um, so now digging even deeper into the memory banks for another guy that we were hoping would be legit. At least, at least we were okay with the trade initially when it happened. Mark Parrish. Oh, yeah, Mark Parrish. Mm-hmm. Got him from the Islanders. Island. That's from the right. Island. That's right. Man. We I told ourselves. that one. I know. That's all right. I'm kind of upset at myself. I think we, <laughs> we got him in that <clears throat> one season. Yeah, it was where, a, it was a got, deadline pickup. Was it the same season we got uh, Anson Carter? I don't think so. Maybe it was. Or was it? You, honestly, your memory is better with stuff like this than I am. But I thought it was two separate seasons. It could be the year when we had Ronick too. Oh God! So it's either one or the other. What a so. dumpster fire! If you remember, the Kings started on fire that season, but uh, they hit their usual winter snag. Mm. So okay, okay, all right, Mark Parrish, uh, and then and then it was Gorbachev after that. Gabe Gauthier. Gabe Gauthier, not the other Gauthier, right? Mm-hmm. Dennis. Mm-hmm. Denis. Denis Gauthier. That's not the one we're talking about. We're no. talking about Gabe. Yes, he no was a idea. prospect, I believe, for us. 
Oh, so this this is a recent player. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's chronological, okay, man. Okay, okay. Chronological. Well, is... 2006-2007. Gabe Gauthier. And he played in the regular season, huh? That really, Correct. That, that happened. That happened. <laughs> wow. Uh, then you said J.S. Alban. Yes. And then finally, uh, Nick Shore wore 37 That's right. His first... for a brief period of time. His, the season before he made the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He did wear number 37. So there's a couple there I should have gone, but... That's I think I you know what myself. though you did you did fantastic you did fantastic I mean everyone was going to get Bob Kadelsky right I mean I, I would like to think that the audience at home all in unison screamed Bob <laughs> Kadelsky yeah all right well that was fun yeah uh, so it is the Dennis Grebishkov episode officially it is. and I am sorry we are all sorry I mean really. <laughs> The options, <laughs> not the best. Bob Kodelsky was a great player, but I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. He was a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like I like Grebishkov. More re- a little more recent. Right. A little more fitting with what's going on with the team right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little bit higher expectations. Much, much lower actual result. Correct. Fits, fits the tone. Correct. Fits the tone. All right. Kings have Sharks, Ducks. Flames, Oilers, Canucks coming up. That's five straight Pacific Division games. I don't know why I'm even telling you guys that. It doesn't matter. Well, it does It does in the sense that if you look at who they're playing against, what do you predict their schedule is going to be against these teams? You mean their record? Sorry, yes. Not, that, I mean, not that good. Thing. Yeah. You got... Not great. Sharks, not great, Bob. Sharks, man, Sharks are a good team, dude. Mm-hmm. They, and this is this is all without Carlson, mind you. I don't is Carlson even back yet? He's every no, every he's little not up, back yeah. yet. Uh, exactly. Evander Kane just came back from that awful uh, miscarriage his wife had. I don't know if you heard about this, but their twenty no. something week old daughter passed oh, away. Jesus. Yeah, it's horrible. Very very horrible. Um, he just came back from that. Um, but oh man, yeah, it's it sucks. Um, yeah, I don't even know what to say about it other than, I guess, trying to stick to hockey a little bit as much as I can. They look like, man, the Sharks look like they can really do some damage this season. If Martin Jones, who has, he's been the best playoff goalie of the last three seasons statistically, if he can turn it on and play the way he's been playing, watch out for the Sharks. Because teams in the West, they're just not – I don't see – kind of this dominant force in the west mm-hmm. there is no tampa in the west you know what mm-hmm. i mean nashville you know they had a couple of five game win streaks in the beginning of the season and they've just been back and forth since then yes they have i think they're 20 games above 500 but they haven't strung together like five or six wins since maybe november something crazy like that uh, mm. i gotta double check that but they're kind of back and forth they lose these games they're not supposed to lose you look at winnipeg Winnipeg's been kind of hot and cold. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they'll have great games. They'll blow someone out, and they'll, you know, roll into like Dallas and lose. Uh, Vegas, same thing. Like Vegas has been hot lately. They're probably the best team in the NHL right now mm-hmm. in terms of the way they've been playing their I last mean, fifteen. Since, since they picked up Mark Stone, I mean, that's yeah, just been right, right, exactly. So, but there still isn't that one team where you're like Tampa. The way you think yeah. about Tampa, where you're like, man. Good luck playing that team. Yep. But I think if there is a team that I would fear out of the West, it's the Sharks. 
because they are man they're just so loaded top to bottom such a good looking squad right and and you know if they get everyone back healthy going into it there's uh there's a lot of potential there no question yeah no question um here's a fun question for you though great does tampa break detroit's record for most wins in a season this so, year so where are they at right now what's their record right now so they're 57 13 oh my God. and 4 and they have eight games and they have left? eight games left they have to so win they need six to games 63 63 breaks the record right mm-hmm. 62 ties it meanwhile i mean just just fathom that number they have won 57 of 74 right. games by the way that's that's the detroit red wings from 1995 I believe, and that yes. was a sick. That team was constructed. Team, that team basically was like the Justice League of teams. Not <laughs> only, can, like not only did they have the roster that would go on to win the cup in '97, right? Or or at least contend for in '96, and they also had Paul Coffey on that team that season. They did not have him after that, I, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I got to pull up their roster right now. Because I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. Let's I got it. it right in front of me. Let me hear it, man. Um, Fedorov, Iserman, Kozlov, yes. Larionov, yep. Keith Primo, Dino mm. Cicerelli. Oh, my God. Cicerelli was still there, too. Greg Johnson, Bob Erie, Darren McCarty, Doug Brown, Tim Taylor, Draper, Marty LaPointe, <laughs> Maltby, Grimson, Ray Shepard, Wes Walls getting two games in. And then you had... Indeed, Paul Coffey, Lidstrom, Fatisov, Konstantinov. Good Lord. That's the top four. That is nasty, bro. That's four <laughs> Hall of Famers, right? Yep. That's a, yeah. <laughs> yep. Matthew Dandino, Mark Bergevin. Uh, oh, Mark Bergevin. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Good guy. And their goalies were Chris Osgood and Mike Vernon. Yeah, Vernon was uh, still mm-hmm. a top goaltender. And they, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, so it, when you compare that to the cup-winning team, they did lose and gain a significant amount of players because they got Shanahan right. in between this season right. and when they won the cup. Right. They got like Thomas Sandstrom, who was still mm-hmm. a pretty decent player. Um, Larry Murphy they got, I think, in the meantime, to add to their <laughs> freaking defense. So, you know, changes here and there, but, man, that's a good team. And to think that a modern NHL team – now, let me clarify one thing, okay? The Detroit Red Wings did not have the benefit of shootouts. The loser points. Shootouts, essentially. Right. So they had the ties. So they have a bunch of games that went to a tie that they could have won in a shootout or even a three-on-three overtime situation. So do keep that in mind, but right. that should but not... They also have, but they did have the benefit of eight Hall of Famers on their and team. And no salary cap, by the yeah. way. Don't forget that. That's a very important part of this, man. Right. There's no There's no yeah. way that team gets constructed with a salary Impossible. cap. Impossible. The, the, in fact, what Tampa has constructed under the cap is nothing short of astonishing. And that, that in and of itself is, um, is a credit to Iserman. And yeah. a lot of the contracts he's been able to sign these guys to. He's got like he's got like I think eight guys that are making five million each for multiple seasons. He convinced all these guys to sign for five million for four four to six seasons in between. 
Yeah. It's craziness. And they have no business making that much money. No, they should be having, he's, are you kidding more. me? Like, yeah. they, got, they got guys like Braden Point Braden making. Braden Point, man. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, Point's an RFA. Okay, so he's going to make his money. So Kucherov is going to get paid next season. Tyler Johnson was signed, you know, a while back for $5 million, all the way to, 20, to 23 24 And he's probably probably underachieving for what he's being paid. He had a really good season when he got signed that JT Miller signed for 5.25 million until 22, 23. Um, Yanni Gord is signed for 5.1 million until 24, 25. And then some, that's a good deal, man. Kucherov was signed for 4.7 million until the end of this season. If you look at their salary cap for this year, they have Callahan at 5.8, Palat at 5.3, JT Miller 5.2, Tyler Johnson at 5, Kucherov at 4.7, Alex Kalorn at 4.45, Yanni Gord at 1 million. Man, it, and it is all so cleverly structured mm-hmm. because when you look it's at 1920, yep. Look at all the defensemen that are coming yep, off the, the book that they're not going want, to resign. You don't need any of those guys. No, you don't because need a single one of those guys. Because Sergachev and Chernak, mm-hmm. former LA King, speaking of Ben Bishop, like we did earlier, man, yep. that was a bad trade. Because this a guy, trade. this guy is straight up playing for the Lightning. They're yeah. they're gonna slip into top four roles. You probably get other players in free agency and whatnot. Maybe a few trades. So your big like your two top defensemen are signed forever. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get Sergachev and Chernak signed, and they're under like thirty years seasons. old, by the way. Right. Um, so the real big, big problems you're gonna have, you're gonna let Callahan walk in two years. Yeah. You don't need him anymore. He's thirty four. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at who are you looking at? Uh, Adam Ernie. Great point. Adam Ernie's he- gonna be a good player, um, but he's not gonna be. Right, he's not gonna. He's no, not gonna make he's gonna be five like, million coming no, out of this RFA deal. He, he's gonna be like a Kalorn, yeah, ish player. I like him. He's a good player. But other than that, man, yeah, right. You basically you're worried about Braden Point's contract for next season. He's gonna get a then, nice chunk of change. Yeah, he's gonna get somewhere like seven million, something like that, probably. No, I don't know, and man. Ooh, I don't know. More. It's Dude, possible. He's uh, he's turning into an elite player in yeah, the league. Uh, Sure. So it's possible. It's very possible. And then you have Sergachev and Chernak for pennies for another season. And you have cap room suddenly that opens up because you have twelve million dollars leaving in the form of aged out defensemen that you don't even need. Crazy. It's it's brilliant. And you still have another year of Vasilevsky at three point five million. Yeah. It might get a little sketchy in 2021, but but I, but mean, I mean that's 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 how the cap that's the works, nature right? Of the beast, yeah, it right. is. It is. You gotta you gotta go after it when you can go after it, and right now, Tampa's going hard, baby. Actually, man, you just slip Callahan's money right to Vasilevsky, and <laughs> you might be in good shape. And they're not going to keep all these guys, right? Like Tyler Johnson, they don't need to be keeping Tyler Johnson. They don't really need JT Miller. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's some of these guys who are signed to these five million dollar deals. They don't have to keep them, truthfully. Yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Good. But for that's them. what good. Dra- but that's what good drafting and good scouting brings you. Like these aren't all guys that are first round picks. You know what I mean? Yeah. These are guys that you're finding from the right places. You're developing properly, and you're letting their offense be their offense. 
And, you know, every once in a while, you trade Ben Bishop to someone who gives you a top four defenseman. And you know what's, what I like about them? They haven't given up a single first-round pick for the next three years, and right. they built this team. Right. So this team is going to contend for the foreseeable future, and barring something crazy, they should keep their first-round picks because they don't really need to add anyone significant. They're going to be adding kind of secondary guys, maybe veterans over over time to bolster their bottom six things like that and those players don't go for first rounders right the only the only potential first rounder that they're losing is actually the conditional the one from this year if yeah. they win the cup right that's the conditional <laughs> which i think they'd be okay with that is that did that go in the jt miller deal i think that's in the uh mcdonough mcdonough trade. deal okay gotcha yeah yeah it's incredibly well thought out man I know Stevie Y is not their GM anymore, but he <laughs> but certainly left But how nicely did he set it up Dude, for the next guy? It's, that guy's going to be a genius. Yeah. Look like a genius anyway. I mean, versus what Rob Blake inherited. Yeah. I guess that's the point that I'm trying to make here is like compare this to to what the Kings had to work with. You know, like the Kings don't have a single prospect right now who's nearly – at the caliber of, say, Braden Point or anything like that coming off their RFA contract, you know? Yeah. And who knows where Gabe Velarde's going to gonna yeah, end up with all this. That's uh, very curious to see what happens with that kid. Hopefully he gets healthy. Hopefully, uh, you know, taking the season off was them, the organization, playing it really, really, really safe. Right. Like, that's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear that. He had to, or he absolutely had to. Hopefully, right. it was just a judgment call. Be like, dude, just lock it up. You have a bright future ahead of you. You'll be fine. We'll just look forward to next season. Hopefully, that's the case. Yeah, I mean, they're they're being very mum about it. They you are. I haven't I mean? heard like, anything. In I fact, know. the other day, I like was searching for anything on this guy. Right. There's, and there's nothing. nothing. They're just like, nope. no nothing news, is, no nothing update. To see here. <laughs> like the last report was like. I think the last thing I found was like Gabe Velarde shines in his debut with the rain. Yeah, <laughs> I was right. like, dude. <laughs> Gabe Velarde is a hockey player. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Useful information. I think Mayer had posted something on Twitter when someone asked him basically saying like, literally, I have heard nothing. All they've done is shut him down and no one is saying anything. Yeah. Which I don't even know how to take that. Take it however you'd like because your guess is as good as mine yeah at this point and then and then other news from the injury front i think we were all kind of looking forward to the idea of maybe kale clay getting called up at the end of the season and he got injured as well so that's a little disappointing Uh, it doesn't sound like it's anything that's career threatening or whatever but certainly keeping him out for a few weeks going into the going into the end of the ahl season and everything yeah so I want to kind of look at the playoff picture sure. since we're so close. Mm-hmm. Eight games, nine games, something like that for most teams now. Who is the Kings' first-round opponent? That's what I want to know. Um, boredom? Is it boredom? No, the Kings' opponent in the first round is Ottawa slash Colorado. Mm, that's right. For the Ottawa, uh, number, one, number one overall pick. The that's our playoffs, baby. That's what I'm saying. That's right. Okay. Um, right now in the Pacific – Calgary, San Jose, Vegas, one, two, and three. I suspect that's how it'll finish. Uh, Arizona's not going to, I don't think they even can at this point. Actually, they can, but they won't catch Vegas for third. So San Jose and Vegas looks like it's a lock for the first round. 
And that's going to be a mighty fine mm-hmm. series right there. I would love to see that. I'm going to watch that with no pressure on me. It's nice. Well, <laughs> I am. No, it's not nice. I want the Kings in the playoffs. Let me clarify that. Um, in the central, we got Winnipeg, Nashville. Of course, they've been basically flying high all season in one and two. St. Louis snuck in there, man. How that's bad right, were man. they and how solid have they been? But it's, you know what? That's 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 what happens when you find a spark and for them it was it was Bennington. It was Bennington, man, Bennington. out of nowhere. Yeah. Incredible. And and we kinda remember in the We buried them, man. We I, buried I had them. them in the playoffs. If I'm not mistaken, I said they will be third, but that's because I hate Minnesota. I think we all either I either said they'll be third or I'd say they, they'd be in the wild card. Because I again, man, it looked like a solid team to me. Clearly, yeah. I had no idea who, who Bennington was at the time. Right, and right. Jake Allen was like the big question mark. And right. that question mark's kind of gone now. And they're looking like a good hockey team now. Dallas can still catch them for third. And I guess, theoretically, Minnesota can still catch them too. Minnesota's outside of the wild card with 77 points. Right. Arizona has 78, so they could flip-flop. Chicago, I'm kinda, man. I'm kind of I'm happy to see Arizona in the playoff picture. I don't know. like Something about that, I'm just like... Good they, for them. It's time. You know? <laughs> it's time. Uh, but again, on paper, you would be like, eh, not so much. I don't right. really see it. But goes to show you, man, like things change so – like I don't think we had Edmonton this low. No. I didn't have Chicago this low even though Chicago's pushing now hard. Dude, Chicago was – if you remember, Chicago was scraping the bottom of the barrel with us for, yeah, at some point. So they've had they, a real good push. Right. And they're not right. and they're some four of that, points out. Right. And some of that was during the period of time I think where Crawford was hurt yet again and you know, there was all sorts of stuff going on there. Yeah, I said um, I, I remember saying Anaheim was gonna have a rough season. Right. Um I would like to I would like that to be braggadocious, but not when my favorite team yeah. is significantly worse right. than they are. That's whatever. Can't even enjoy the simple things in life anymore. <laughs> I hope I hope Minnesota stays out. Uh, just so I could be right for once. I've been wrong about them for like three years. I just again, man, I don't get this team. It makes no sense. They're not good. I, I know. Uh, so but we're not good either. So we can't judge. No, certainly not. Okay, rolling over to the East. The East, man. This is an interesting. You gotta feel for Columbus, don't you? Like, if they end up. Missing the playoffs after everything they've done, it looks horrible. But dude, if they end up, they go all in, and this, again, going all in is not a guarantee for anything. Yes, they should be playing better I know. than I know the four, five, and one they are. I think since the deadline, You're right? But it just sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Like you I know, can, you, I get it. I know you know. I, I, I know, just, you know. I just feel for them. I do feel for them too. You're right. I'm not. I'm just saying like. I, I didn't understand them going all in. I think I told you that when they first did it. Right. It was very strange to me. Um, but at, but on the other end of it, I understood them essentially losing Bobrovsky and Panarin. Decided not to trade them trade them at the deadline. Decided this is the it's either one or the other. Right at that point, mm-hmm. you're either going to trade them and not go for it, or keep them and just go all out, all in. That's what they did. I hope they make it. But all that being said, I do hope they make it because I like Yarmo. I really do. I think he's a good I GM. I know. And here, but here's the problem: 
if they do make it and they make it as the eighth spot, you know what awaits them. <laughs> yeah, nothing good. In fact, the worst possible matchup in the entire NHL awaits them. And there's no freaking way they're beating that team. It's impossible. How it's are you impo- going to beat Tampa? I, I said Tampa was going to win the cup in the offseason. Yes. I have seen nothing, nothing to make me think otherwise. I agree. Anything I, can I happen. Said Toronto, I get it. We play no, the games. I said Toronto, but there's no way Toronto's beating. Toronto might not even beat Boston in the first round. That's Dude, be the way ro- Boston's yeah. playing right now? So, Absolutely. And the way Toronto's fun, playing. Fun as hell series, but... <laughs> It's just, yeah, it, I don't know, man. It's interesting. I hope Columbus gets in. Man, I really want – I think Carolina – I don't want to say they're a lock because they're not. But, but they've got a little bit of cushion. They got a cushion and it, it would just have to be some sort of a collapse for them mm-hmm. not to make it. So uh, what I'm saying is I hope the East stays as it is right now. Right. I would love for those eight teams to be in it. Look at this. Washington, Islanders, Penguins, Lightning, Bruins, Leafs, Hurricanes, Blue Jackets. That's nice, right. man. Right. And realistically, I have no love for Montreal. Can, and no one does. <laughs> no one who listens to this podcast should have love for Montreal. Let's make that perfectly clear. Um, it, it really, the Montreal is the only other team that can get in at this point. I think yeah, Philadelphia, I think even though mathematically it's possible, you know, the odds are not in their favor to do so no they got like, like they got chicago next game that's going to be a tough game chicago's pushing yeah chicago. so i think really at this point it's montreal columbus and carolina with montreal and columbus really being the uh the battle here to speak of yeah i think i hope it's columbus yeah i hope it's columbus i although yeah. <laughs> like we although, said it might be short-lived but man and that's and this is the that's the part that's why you don't go all in man that's why you don't go all in when you're when you're that bubbly yeah you know no i just think you play the long game honestly i think you play the long game sometimes um interesting kind of conversation that the i think steven stamkos was doing an interview and they straight mm-hmm. up asked him about the playoff seating and how he feels about it and yeah. he was very vocal about the fact that he feels there isn't enough incentive for a team to finish first, first or what have you, uh, even though in their case, they're guaranteed to play the eighth seed no matter what because they're right. so freaking good. I, they'd essentially get the eighth seed. But it isn't – we've talked about this before, man. And I, in our uh, two list, two Miserable episode, we both kind of mentioned that we want to see the playoff format change. Mine was more extreme than yours. Yours was mm-hmm. much more realistic, one versus eight. I had the one versus 16 nuttiness. That's not going to happen. So mm-hmm. are you still – I think you are. But would you like to see one versus eight? I and mean, we can kind of look at where uh, those matchups, matchups would, change. would be. Yeah, I'm about to open up the, the conference sure. standings. So, so let's say if you were to the east, right? So Tampa would still be number one. Yes. But then you'd have to split it. The first two seeds, I think, would still be the same because you'd you'd have to give one and two to the division winners. I think I'd be okay with that. Sure. And then and then I think from that, basically, I would go back to the way it was before. I realized why they changed it before was because they wanted more interdivision matchups. Yeah. But the unintentional side effect of that is that you have the exact same playoff matchup three, four seasons in a row. Right. And it's aggravating. Yeah. And it's a pain yeah. in the ass. Um, we can't really say which who would be third 
I guess because we have, I we think have it would four be divisions now. Right. So if I were to, if I were to just take it as as two divisions out of the East, right? So Atlantic Metro. So you'd go Tampa one, Washington two, based on them winning their divisions. Um, okay, and then, then you just go to and then you just next go highest. numerically. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. So okay. so then you would go Boston as three, um, and then Toronto, Toronto would be four. four. Islanders. And then Toronto would end up playing the Islanders, which is just delicious. <laughs> Tell me that's not the best first round matchup. Like, this is a see, that's it. That's right here, dude. A matchup that you would otherwise not see in the first round, right there. It, it's just scrumptious. Tava- yeah, Tavares. And that'll never happen. You will team. never no. see that as a first round matchup. Although, in this scenario. And then you have Boston Pittsburgh, Boston Pittsburgh, that's which a is beauty. also just <laughs> scrumptious. That's a good one. Um, and then uh, Carolina, Carolina would end up Washington, playing, which is that would be a great series, man. And that's that still who's going to end up playing Washington, I think, with the way things are set right now. Is that how it's? Well, yeah. Carolina's because, in the wild card. Oh yeah, Washington's correct, first in the metro. Correct. Gotcha. Okay, let's move out west. And I like Columbus that. would still play Tampa. Yeah, I so like a lot that. of it would be the same, but the middle, the middle interdivisional stuff is really what makes a difference, I think. Right. right. And then if you come out west, Dude. Calgary's one, Winnipeg is two, three ends up being San Jose, four ends up being Nashville, five ends up being Vegas. Nashville, Vegas. Nashville, Vegas in the first round would be nice. That's. Again, that's a great series that you're never going to see in the first round. Yeah. yeah. And then St. Louis would play um, San Jose, which, fine. I'm okay with that series. Um, and then Dallas, again, would play um, Winnipeg, and Arizona would end up playing Calgary, which is how both of those would end up matching up now. So really, it's that it's that middle matchup. Right. It's that middle interdivisional matchup that um, – as it stands right now, the variability is not as much there as it would be if you if you kind of did it that – the more of a one yeah. versus eight kind of setup. Yeah. And I think that's what we want to see. You know? Yeah. I, I don't want to wait and hope that maybe one day Toronto and the Islanders play each other in the semis or the conference finals. I want it up front. I want to see blood. <laughs> and well, I want it – Immediately, I think it's only fair that now we look at the matchups for my dream playoffs scenario. Okay, one sixteen, baby. Check this out. Okay, <laughs> it's, oh my God. it's crazy. Tampa would play Dallas <laughs> oh in the first round. <laughs> Gotta go with the. This is the March Madness lineup. I love that it. You're proposing. Look, look at this. Rook Calgary against Montreal. Beautiful series right there. <laughs> right, Boston St. Louis. Not the greatest. Whatever. Uh, San Jose, Columbus, Vegas versus Washington. I dig it. You like that. I know you like that. Uh, Carolina against Toronto. Winnipeg versus Nashville. And that's that was basically that was the Western semis last year, wasn't it? It was. And then it would be what does that leave? Pittsburgh and the Islanders. Right. So who? Who seem destined to play each other this year too? Right. So, I guess there are there aren't too many dream like matchups there, but again, it would it'd be cool. It'd be cool. Yeah. A boy can dream. That's all we got left, buddy. 
That's all we got left. We got yes. dreams of random playoff scenarios and dreams of draft picks. And most importantly, Vardy, all we have left are 10 more games. <sighs> 10 more games to wait. the sweet, sweet release of the death of this season. <laughs> we are waiting. We need it. We Just, want it. Yeah. This, Sorry guys. It, we haven't we haven't lost hope. We just we we need a new hope. Right. We need right. Cuz this hope is is gone. This has been episode 37. Next episode will be episode 38. Mm-hmm. We're up to 38. I have a feeling I know whose episode that's going to be, Vardy. I don't want to give any spoilers, but I think I know you well enough to know whose episode that'll be. But that's it for us guys. Um keep those emails coming. We love them. All right. Sorry. Sorry it took us so long to get back. It's, again, it's my bad. This is mostly my bad. I but, apologize. But really, there was nothing to talk about either. Right. Really. Now the, now, the big question is, do we wait for the next episode? Do we wait until after the draft lottery? Because it's, it's getting close. We'll see, guys. Yeah. There's, again, for all you listening, we love you. You are the reason we do this. You are the reason we've done it 37 times. You're the reason we're going to do it a That's 38th right. time. You have to understand, we don't want to sound repetitive. We don't want mm-hmm. to sound too negative. Right. So if we were to wait for the draft lottery, I think you guys would understand. I think you guys would forgive us. Right, guys? That's what I thought. <laughs> we got a good group here, Vardy. How many weeks away? Let's start there. How many weeks away are we from the draft lottery? Yes, sir. Um, one, two, two and a half. Oh, yeah. I think we could do – Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think two we're gonna do, I think we're yeah. doing that guys. Take that to the bank. We'll see you in two and a half weeks when the Kings win the draft lottery. Yes, I Damn said it. Right. Damn right. Hashtag believe. Mm-hmm. That's it for All us, right. guys. Thank you. Visit us, bannermanpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Bannerman Pod. Email us at the Bannermanpod at gmail.com. We love you. We miss you. We think about you all the time. Ain't that Subscribe, right, Subscribe, review, all those fun things. Keep them all coming, guys. Please do. We read them all. We share them together. We laugh. We cry. We are Kings fans after all. You've been listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast.